0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast, the podcast that is passing wisdom to the next generation of athletes, coaches, and parents to transform leaders on and off the court. And in today's episode, we get the opportunity to interview Coach Mindy Lee. Coach Mindy Lee is a mindset coach, and nutrition coach for women, and in our episode today, we talk a lot about you know going against the standards of you know what society says we should do with our health what we should look like and how to properly fuel ourselves not only as athletes but also as parents as well so without further ado let's dive in hello and welcome to the bridging impact podcast mindy i'm thrilled to have you on and you are our first gymnast that we are having on the show <laughs> The previous week, uh, a couple weeks ago, was a first volleyball player. So it's great to have you know people coming on from different sports and sharing different perspectives. So welcome to the show. Oh,
1: thank you. That's fun. I didn't realize I was your first gymnast. Yay!
0: <laughs> it's exciting. It's great. We're, 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 our goal is to get all the sports. I love so it. I'm diving right into it. Um, what kind of impact did becoming a collegiate gymnast have on you to this day?
1: Yeah, you know. Um, I think I continue to learn regularly the impact it had uh starting it, you know, so young and I started when I was about 8 um you know after Mary Lou Retton won the gold medal in the um 84 Olympics so that'll kind of tell you my age. Uh I was determined to compete at well I wanted to be I my you know my real name is Mindy Lee and so I'm like I'm going to be the next Mindy Lee, the next Mary Lou. Um and uh, going from there and having that determination and uh, persistence with just seeing her do, do so well and, and wanting that same type of success. What, what it has shown me as an adult and as a mom, and um, now as a, um, you know, fitness and health and mindset coach is just the, exactly that, the determination when you want something and when you work hard for it. Um, and when yeah, that determination, but the also the beautiful part of even my story going into college is this cultivation of a really a sweet group of women who um, are still my teammates today and still people I go to who cheer me on and support me. Um, so the impact, I guess, is that I've learned to work hard and when I want something, go hard for it. Um, Doesn't always pan out that way how I want it to, but I I know how to work hard and go after something. And um, the sweetness really of of these relationships that I have built um, for now, you know, 25 plus years that continue to be a really rock in my life
0: yeah i love that i love that you talked about the relationships that you still have that are are pivotal to you know who you are today and i'd love to kind of dive into you know now as a coach and starting your own business you talked about you know the determination and the sheer will it takes and before we kind of dive into where you are now i know that you know that sheer will and determination helped you want to pursue becoming a pursue becoming on the national team, um, and really like elevating that performance a, as an athlete. So can you, can you dive into some more detail and some stories on, on what that was like?
1: Yeah. You know, um, my, let's see, I guess it was about my, well, even getting recruited, um, to, I went to Seattle Pacific university, um, and division two school. And one of the, the real, um, attractive parts to that uh, organ- you know, not organization, um, the team, the gymnastics team was that they had won a national championship before, not too many years prior to me arriving there. Uh, it was a, it was a small school and I knew that I would have the opportunity to compete. There were some other D1 schools that I was looking at and were happy to have me, but I was going to, you know, need to bench for a year and, and there was no promise of competition. And I knew my body as a gymnast, you, you're wearing and tearing it down that I needed to continue. I needed to, if I wanted to compete, I didn't need a year off. I couldn't do five more years of gymnastics. Um, and so that was really attractive to me was that this, oh, wow, this this program has the potential to be, uh, win another national championship. And um, that that was um, mixed with another, you know, more groups of women who were recruited and became part of this team who had this vision too, and who who specifically even the two um, other gals who were, who came in with me as freshmen and were still super great friends. And so our, our in our senior class, we were we led this team with uh, a drive and motivation of what we were capable of doing and what we, what we wanted. And um, I think it, it, it was like no other experience. It's even hard to talk about and put into words because it, it really was a storybook ending. It was a storybook experience. Um, how I, how I grew as a person, as an athlete and grew stronger. Um, but and it took the team, it took every single one of us to have skin in the game and to, and to have that same mindset that we were, what we were capable of. Um, years prior to that, there was some, you know, I would call them kind of vampires, people who sucked the goodness out of our team. And when they finally moved to different, um, either graduated or ended up quitting the team, you re- it really, our team came alive because we all Again, that cultivation, that team effort, um I can't emphasize enough of what that's like when you know you have someone so like minded and wanting the same thing as, as you want and working just as hard and and willing to be pushed hard and willing to be called to more. Um, that same goal in mind is is just it's really it's really magical and incredibly rare, I believe.
0: Yeah, it is magical and and also rare at the same time, because there's, you know, you can be an energy giver, you can be neutral on energy, or you can, you know, be like, you're talking about an energy vampire and take energy away from the team. And I feel like even if you have one person on the team, that's an energy vampire, it can kind of, you know, take away from those storybook endings that those magical moments just because of one person And like it really, honestly, like in team sports, right? It really depends on every single person kind of rowing in the same direction. And as the, as you began rowing, um, into your, you know, kind of your professional career after mm-hmm. athletics, what was that? What did you take? What experiences did you take? You know, you talked about the sheer will determination connections, um, with you as you wanted to continue to, you know, impact and, and give back maybe some of that experience that you had as a collegiate gymnast.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it, it's interesting. My, um, I stayed, I continued right after, you know, after college, I've continued to stay, um, active in, you know, whether it's lifting weights or doing hit classes or learning more about nutrition. Um, so it's been in, in me, um, but being, you know, getting married, becoming a mom, it was like, those were the things that, that took, um, precedence. And even in my mothering, um, it was, I was determined for my, for my family to live and, and, um, be a certain way. Um, and I had that same drive of what I wanted for our family to look like. And some of that is intentional and, and just fine. And there's some of it that (laughs) you have absolutely no control over. Right. Um, so I, um, I think the, the determination of, Gosh, this is, a, this is a hard. It's hard to answer because i i I've, I've always had that determination and will, even as a mom when I wasn't, you know, working on my business. Um. Yeah, I think I'm kind of stumbling for an answer here.
0: Yeah, no worries. That's, I mean, and you could talk about. it. Doesn't you just have to be, you know professionally, it could be also, you know, about being a mom and that sheer will and determination. There's no, you know, right answer for
1: this. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think I had that will and determination, um, to, um, you know, my, the, okay. The gym for me and going to the gym was a place that I was safe and I had, um, success and I was encouraged. And I don't know that, um, I would have been as successful had I not had such a place to land. And I say that because I don't, my home life was not a place where I wanted to stay and to, and to be around often. And so I had an outlet and it really, it tended to some um, issues and wounds and processing of my story. And so if I were to say what, what was my, um, really was my springboard. Um, I'll use a gymnastics term there, (laughs) um, to continue with that determination when it came to being a mother was like, I want my kids to have, not have to leave my home to feel encouraged, safe and successful. So how do I, how do I make that happen in my house? And, um, I'd say that was probably my sheer determination as a mom. And, um, I think that it, it is a home that's built on that. I think we'll know, right. When years to come, when they come back, (laughs) they'll be the, they'll be telling us what it really was. Um, but I do know the gym was a safe place for me and it, it led me to, um, to great success. So was my, you know, my vim and vigor and my push and drive because it was tending to like the frustrations I was having at home or was it because I was determined to become something other, maybe, maybe a little bit of both. right yeah
0: that's 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 beautiful and i love that you're talking about how the gym was like a safe and successful place for you and i'd love to kind of touch on the word safe and now for you as a coach and you whether you're working in the gym or just talking about health and fitness i think a lot of times you know right we talked about right before we came on the podcast about you know kind of the the beauty standards that are set in our culture and that sometimes, you know, people don't feel safe in the gym or feel safe, mm-hmm. you know, with their own, within their own bodies. And I would love to, you know, kind of talk a little bit more about the work that you do um, with helping people, you know, kind of feel more safe with within their own bodies and, and in, in the gym and athletically.
1: Yeah. Um, I love that. I love that phrase safe within your own body. You know, that's, that is a, um, a goal that I would have for the clients that I work with. I um, I work with mostly women, although I've worked with some men also, um, and I've worked with some athletes too. Um, really just, well, one of my goals is for them to understand how to fuel their body. Um, and so when you learn how to fuel your body for the activity that you're either um, you're doing or the race that you're running, or even your day-to-day motherhood. Um, it's a game changer. I had a time in my life when it was like, I will just uh, have some coffee in the morning. Okay. I'll have a quick piece of toast. I'll have another cup of coffee. Oh, the next thing I know it's dinner. I'll eat some of the kids leftover Mac and cheese. Oh, here's a chicken nugget, you know? And, um, and I didn't understand why I was, you know, bonking every afternoon at three o'clock and then just grabbing another Americano, you know? Um, and, And I knew that it had to do with my, my fueling until I got really serious, um, about how to fuel my body so that I could actually be, um, performing even as, you know, I put the performing in quotes, um, as a mom, not necessarily as an athlete. Um, I, it was a game changer as far as I can really offer my best. Um, I can love better. I can be in relationship better. I can communicate better when um i'm taking care of my body and in so in doing that and taking care of myself you um i ended up feeling more confident and more safe with in my body like you're saying and um because i was i was feeding it and fueling it to the best way that i knew how and um and not you know, I think in there, there's some sab- self-sabotage that goes on when when people don't care for themselves. I do know that that occurs. Um, and so that's a real, too, a real big part of working with clients is hearing their goals and and really being curious on why they haven't achieved them yet. And 90% of that is because it's the mental game and what goes on in their head about their beliefs of themselves. or um, and, and some of it is not knowing how to, but a lot a large chunk of it is just um, not believing that they can. And I help, I help reframe that. And I help encourage them to believe that they absolutely can with no question.
0: That's awesome. And can we like unpack that a little bit more? I'd love to, you know, kind of expand on, you know, some of the self-sabotage that you see kind of as a pattern and, and some of the, you know, consistent thoughts that you, you know, find yourself, you know, repeating with different people that you work with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it looks like your face is frozen on my end. Are you still hearing me? Everything okay?
0: Yeah. Okay, good. Everything's all good. Okay, good. Yeah. Um,
1: there is, um, there are many themes that come up. Um, and well, like I mentioned earlier, just the just the belief that they can't. Um, they so okay. So for example, one of the questions I ask is, "What have you done in the past that's been successful?" And people are like, "Oh, I did keto, or I did paleo, or." I did no carbs and they list all the things, right? And they're oh, this one worked really really good and I really liked this one and and I and I gently say but I'll I'll be more abrupt here is um well then why are why are we here if those worked really good? Why are why are we meeting? Yes. And and it usually comes down to well because it wasn't sustainable or I I just gave up because it was, you know, too restrictive. It, it wasn't sustainable It's was really the bottom line. It was not sustainable. And so I want to rework that with people and show them what is, what is sustainable and what is possible, which is means I am not a restriction and I'm not over. um, you might've heard of that, the slogan, um, health at every size. And I think there's two extremes there where we are reckless and don't care or where we're restricted and miserable. And there's gotta be somewhere in the Mm -hmm. middle that we can meet and you can fuel and feel good about what you, what you ate and not feel shame about what you ate and be purposeful in what you eat and be new, intentional on the choices that you're making um, and, and then find that health for the size that you are or the size that you want to be. There can be, health can be found there. And that, so digging through that, but a lot of people don't. So back to your question of the self-sabotage that I see shows, that shows up the most often um, is really the def- definitions that of health, right? Well, someone has a picture of what health looks like in their mind and they want to get there. And it, it might be very possible, but we are all created so uniquely and differently that the calories or the meal plan suggestions that I give for someone like me is going to be completely different for someone who's, you know, five, two, um and and um, you know, maybe even just like a little bit in and stronger in in muscle. Like we are so different. Or I wouldn't give you the same meal plan that I would give my husband, right? And so when we start following these these programs that are suited for, you know, 30 days, lose 30 pounds in 30 days, it misses the person. And therefore, but, but people see that as health. Oh, I want to look like that. That must be healthy. Um, and then they use that definition to determine their program. And that's when it gets backwards. And that's when self-sabotage comes because you're believing that you can achieve this, but what you're wanting to achieve is actually, um, not, not legitimate for, for you or what you really want. And what people really want in health is to feel good um, and to have energy and to sleep good. um, And the byproduct is how your body ends up looking. But people usually come to me and say, I want to look like this, (laughs) right? So um, there's a lot of perfectionism in there. So it's like, oh, I didn't, I missed this. I, I, I didn't, you know, there's there, like, I didn't, I just perfectionism is huge where I really try to help them understand, like, let's be consistent. Let's, um, go the long haul with this. Okay. So you ate, you know, too much at breakfast. Does that mean you're not going to try to, you know, get back and eat some healthier things today? Um, I used to do the same thing. Like I would have a, um, too big of a breakfast, I'd feel really full and crummy about myself. So I'm like, oh, I'll just drink coffee the rest of the day so that I feel better. I'm not as bloated and, um, I'll be lighter by the end of the day. And that is the self-sabotage because your body is like the worst thing you could do for your body. Your body doesn't, your body wants fuel. So I don't know, say you have a huge breakfast and you feel kind of crummy. Okay, well, let's just make some better decisions the rest of the day, but that's over with and done. Let's like move forward and not, um, you know, critique and be hard on yourself for the whole rest of your day. So a lot of unkindness is going on in our minds. And I call them the annoying, or they're called annoying negative thoughts. I call them your ants. What are your annoying negative thoughts that continue to come up? Mm -hmm. And when those, when you're aware of those thoughts, then you, then you can stop them and go, wait a minute, I can eat whatever I want today. Cause I, I don't need to be ruled by what I had last night for dinner. I can start fresh and begin my day and bring up my, start getting back, back on track or consistent. Um, so I mean, self-sabotage goes, we could talk for hours on that, on where it shows up. A lot of it in short perfectionism, um, and a, uh, belief that they are incapable and that one mess up is going to make it one is going to blow their whole entire, their goal. And that's just not true
0: that's all great information so what are some general rules of thumb you've talked a lot about fueling the body you know and, and i know that we talked about body sizes all being different um you know all bodies need you know kind of different you know lifestyle like nutrition mm-hmm. styles but like what are some general rules of thumb for the you know the parents and the coaches that are listening to this podcast that just want to you know feel better on their day-to-day and, and the parents as coaches that want to pass on some good wisdom toward to athletes, you know, who want to continue to perform at higher levels.
1: Yeah. I feel like we could have a whole like session on this, but you know, there's, there's so much, um, but like to your point of just little rule of thumb, um, you know, you mentioned earlier, like what, what's good food, uh, what would be good food? And that just, even that language is being aware of is there's no, let's be neutral with food. Right. And let's look at it as fuel. And so, Um, when I have options before me, what is good, better and best. Um, I just spoke with the gal who's like, well, Mindy, I love my Cheetos. Like, I don't want to give up my Cheetos. And she's like, they make me so happy. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want you to give up your Cheetos either. I also don't want you to eat the whole bag in one setting. Right. And so a lot of this is experimenting. So as an athlete, um, with, I mean, of course we could get scientific and say like, well, this many carbs, if you're going to work out for this long, and then be sure to refuel with some protein and depending on what your goals are, those, and I'm, I'd be happy to dig into that, but just overall it's why don't you try something out? I don't know. Try eating a bag of Cheetos before your basketball practice and see how you feel. Right. And, and not because (laughs) I'm trying to prove a point, but there's some athletes who say, I don't actually like to eat it all before my practice. And I'm always like, oh my gosh, you need something, but they, that's, it just works for them. You know, um, other athletes who let's just try eating something in between, like when you have your break, what if we refueled with a granola bar and just had, you know, consistent fuel going in. So, um, it can vary, but overall the idea that, um, there's a good, better, best choice that you can make when eating. And, um, if you can become intentional about that and be aware of how it makes you feel, uh, a lot of the people I work with, it's experimental. It's just, you know, who people who don't like to eat morning breakfast and do intermittent fasting. Great. Let's stick with that. See how it works for you. Um, so there's some people who would be more specific to what exactly you need. And I can go there. Um, but the overall overarching is do some experimenting, see what, see what does work. Um, you know and and give it a shot and see what happens.
0: Yeah, so much of it is around like how you feel. And, you know, with that, I kind of want to pivot and, and talk a little bit more specifically towards, you know, female mm-hmm. athletes and especially for us coaches and parents that are listening and being able to support female athletes, um, you know, like like we touched on a little bit before about the cultural standards, right? Um, that is just not realistic sometimes. And we they still want like, everyone wants to compete at the highest level and perform. And I feel like there's, you know, I'm not a, a woman, but I feel like there's an extra pressure, extra standard for, for women to, you know, have a certain diet, certain nutrition mm-hmm. style. So how do you, what kind of like, you know, thoughts would you have around that for, for uh, female athletes?
1: Yeah. Well, I am in love with all of the um, information and studies and pursuits of female athletes and their performance, um, even, you know, um, integrating their cycle involved with how they're, what they're training and what they should be doing, um, to best Mm -hmm. for their body. And, um, Dr. Sims, Stacey Sims is just phenomenal when it comes to how women, um, we're, we're not, we don't need to train like men, right. We don't need to eat like men. Um, and so just the, the conversations she's brought onto her own podcast and to her books of, of what is so important as a female and, and working specifically with your body on what is going to fuel you to this highest performance. Um, 90% of every person that I have worked with and and men included uh, don't eat enough. Do you have, when we take a calorie mm. intake, um, they, and, and the, the men that I've worked with are higher CEO, busy um, busy people, right? And so they're just grabbing what they can. Um, and right. so, and the women are like, well, the less I eat, the smaller I'll be, which is what the world wants us to be, is small, right? And um, thin and petite. And I love just this idea of like, let's reframe that and let's fuel ourselves for strength and um, to, get, to get strong and to not be so infatuated with this tininess that, um, that the world honors and values and, and sees as beautiful. Like, let's just redefine what beauty looks like, you know, um, I'm trying to come back to your, your question, but, um, the toxic, the toxic, like health and toxic body messages that women, um, Get in their heads and then become standards and become the definition of how they should look. Um, is exactly that. It's toxic. And if we can be more intentional on redefining what that is to look like, um, even some of these athletes or this you know marathon runner uh, was worried about you know the amount of food that I was encouraging her to eat was worried about getting bulky that with doing some, you know, weight training on the off season. It's like, I don't want to get bulky. And it's like, well, my gosh, it is so, it's actually hard for us to gain muscle. I promise you in this like six months, you won't get bulky or I ate a lot and I feel like heavy in my stomach. Um, I really want to feel thinner and it's, it, it's, it's so convoluted because it's just about what we see on TV or what is high what is just valued in this toxic culture. Um, When really, how about you like have a full gut because you just fueled yourself and you're going to, you know, go work out right now. And that fuel is going to give you the energy to lift weights, you know, stronger than you ever have and heavier than you ever have. Um, So it's a, it's a, just a, it's a narrative and it's a lot of effort because the world is so stinking loud with what, what we as women are supposed to look like. And I hate it. I hate it.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, it's, it's not realistic standards. Right. And I think you bring up a lot of interesting points. And so for, you know, the parents and the coaches that are listening that just want to be supportive and, You know, I think, you know, kind of from what I hear, it's a lot of like, you know, asking questions, reminding them that these are not, you know, realistic standards. But I'd love for you to kind of like, you know, maybe for specific examples, like for me, like if I'm working with, you know, a female athlete, like what is my best way of approaching if I wanted to talk about nutrition in a way that, you know, actually talks about fueling the body versus like fitting the standard.
1: I I think that's it. I think it's the words you choose to use, like fueling your body, because, you know, today, ladies, you're going to, we're. Or, you know, prepping them tomorrow, we're going to be doing this workout. And so um, let's talk about how you're going to come prepared to that workout mentally and physically. So when you work out at two, which means you should probably eat your lunch at one. So uh, because those and, and you even learning like those carbs that you're going to use are going to give you the energy and I need you to be on point or you no know, for the game. And then or, you know, offering some sort of um, mid snack you know, that's like healthy and, um, energizing in, in the middle of practice. Um, so it, it, it can be a touchy subject, especially I'm guessing as a male coach. Um, when I say that's when you need, um, well, I mean, I I think you're capable. I think you could learn this stuff. Um, but it's, it's the language that you use and it's helping them reframe you. You're coming to work with me and this is how I see, this is how I see strength. This is how I see beauty. This is how I see performance. And it's not because you're a size two. It's because you gave your effort and you showed up and you were, um, available to your teammates. And, um, and the reason you were that way is because you probably fueled and took care of yourself. And so let's talk about what we can do to even fuel and take care of yourself more so that you can show up for your teammates more so that you can come and work and have the most energy to give to this, um, you know this weekend's games, and it's like work. It's reverse engineering. What do you want from that uh, practice, from that game? And then let's work backwards. How do we get there? Mentally, physically, fueling all of it.
0: Yeah, I love the re- reverse engineering part and, and using you know your words in a way of you know supportive and just changing that language. What are some like language? Some like old you know ways of of talking, speaking. Um, that we just need to avoid at all costs, you know, and I, I know we've touched on it a little bit, but just to be super specific for, the, you know, those that mm. are listening, like, what should we just yeah. drop from our vocabulary? Oh,
1: I love that. Like, what do we not do is better than almost than yeah. what do we do? Um, well, you know, there was a season yeah. when as gymnasts, we were we were weighed in to check our weight. Um, and And that fluctuates. And for a female, that can fluctuate like on a monthly basis, five pounds, right? And so it depends where I'm at in my cycle. It depends if I worked out the night before. It depends if I mm. um, had a bowel movement. There's so much that right. goes in when you step on that scale, what you're weighing, you're weighing your entire body, your bones, your water, your cells, your brain. It's not just weighing fat. And so if you want, if, if the goal or the coach is stuck in that, you know, um I don't want fat athletes. Um if there's there's different ways to go about how to how to figure that out if you if you if your athlete needs to lose some fat. Um so I would not I would not weigh in an athlete. If I weighed an athlete in it would be maybe um, it would, it would be with that story and that narrative around it. Like, we are taking this as a data point, but I'm also going to take in your sleep. How did you sleep? And I want to know how your stress level is. And I want these data points. It's like literally a scientist mentality. Let's take in all the variables, all the things going on in your life, and the scale is one of all of those. Um, because you it, you can't lose fat when you're stressed out. You can't lose fat when you're, when you're not getting good sleep. You know, and... And then, when you're not getting good sleep and when, you're not, uh, and when you're stressed out, you're not performing well. So, this this, what's going on with the athlete holistically in a check in of stress level and sleep. And how are classes and what's on your mind? Um, what are your annoying negative thoughts that are coming into your mind? How, how can I help you rebuke them and reframe them um, and interrogate those thoughts? Uh, I worked with a coach. And as I was talking to him about the annoying negative thoughts that these girls said to me, he said, well, I don't know those. They're not telling me those things. (laughs) And, and it's like, well, they're not going to just come up and tell you it needs to be this environment where this is the language that we use. And, um, I want to, I want to hear more about what's going on inside of you because that is making the difference on how you're actually performing. Um, I think the using the messages of strength, like, Oh, you're getting stronger. I can see your strength. And even in the, in the weight room, right. When you see the weights increase the weights go up, your muscles building and then the scale is going to go up because muscle weighs a heck of a lot, you know? So that doesn't, the scale again, can't be used for that. So a lot of um, showing where there's been improvement through data points, biofeedback rather than, um, rather than your, um, you know, the scale or, um, and really building a culture where it's, we want strength and we want endurance and, um, we don't, we don't need to look like anything, but I want you to be in the best shape of your life and I want to help you get there. Um, and the best shape of your life looks like, and feels like this. And again, it's mm-hmm. very, it's, a, and again, it can't be this collective overall umbrella over your whole team because your, your teammate, uh, you know, like, um, a quarterback is shaped a lot different than a linebacker right but they right. are both healthy and strong in the way in which they need to perform and so what is that for each individual person on the team it takes effort it takes it takes time it and it takes relationship yeah. and safety for a, a a I'm guessing even to a girl to speak with a man a male coach about all of these things
0: no, that that makes a ton of sense, and I love the focus on like the strength and endurance side. Like, this is our goal. This is our mission. Not like it's our mission is not to you know, you know, focus so much on the scale. And and when I think of kind of hearing you talk about it, I hear one of the underlying themes is like curiosity and like thinking about like the scale and the weight is the iceberg tip. But like under it is like okay, this person actually has put on muscle. Okay, this person is stressed because of you know finals. All right, this person is you know they worked out last night. You know they you know on there's a ton of different factors that go into it and, and not looking at the scale as the end all be all, but just like the focus on, are we getting stronger? Are we improving our endurance? And kind of shifting that focus is something that, you know, will benefit, you know, the athletes and also just kind of have, have a goal to continue to yes. reach and strive for yeah, you know, I'm, as, as as we feel.
1: The big like non-scale victories is pretty much what I'm after for people, yeah. because that is just one, it's one small data point, but there's a whole, uh, with my clients, filling, I have them fill all those things out, you know, um, talking about their sleep and their stress and where they are in their cycle. And did they have alcohol? Did I mean, there's just a whole gamut of things that we could talk about that play into the number that shows up on that scale. But what I like to look at is wow, look at I bench pressed this a month ago. Now look what I'm bench pressing. That's Amazing. Right. I'm growing. I'm stronger, you know.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a great way to kind of look at things and the, the all the different variables and the things that, you know, are, are within more of our control, right? We can't I mean, we can kind of have certain things that can control weight, I guess, but like it's not end-all, be-all. We don't have the exact control, but we can, you know, kind of work on, you know, some of the inputs that we have into our body that affects, you know, some of the how we feel and and just kind of experimenting with it like, like we're scientists. And as we kind of, you know, wrap up this conversation, I'd love for you to kind of just share, you know, kind of like last, you know, thoughts and advice for you know, parents, parents and coaches around, you know, feeling their bodies. I know we've touched on quite a bit, but just like, you know, what would you hope that people leave this conversation with?
1: Oh, yeah, I think uh, there's a lot that I wouldn't want everyone to leave with. Yeah. But but I think right. um, when you speak about coaches or parents in particular, um, there is a there's a need for training on how to how to talk to your child about their Mm. body about fitness and about their success on the field or off the field. Right. I'm around so many parents that are trying to relive their childhood failings um, through their kids, um, you know, little league, which is just like good night nurse, you settle, Mm. settle down. Right. And so uh, there's a, there's a coach up in the um, uh, Pacific Northwest who, um, a volleyball coach, and she requires in order for her, for to join her team, um, it's a high school team. Her for you to become a player on her team, the parents have to go through like a two-week training on mindset mm-hmm. and how her what language she uses to encourage and impact these these girls because she doesn't need the parents at home barking and yelling and screaming one thing while she's pouring into all the goodness and their value Mm. that's coming from just simply being an existing human being. Right. And so, um, I think that if anything, it's parents and coaches, there's a, there's a lot to be learned, um, in your own soul of what's going on when your players aren't performing, how, you want them to pe- be performing and how you respond to that and so if they're not willing to do the inner work or come with this posture of i'm here to make this um make this young girl a better human then um then i don't know why they're coaching then there's something there's something mm-hmm. off and you know i love don stan uh don stanley i love her her attack on of uh, of building up character and you know from w um South Carolina University of South Carolina and I love yeah. um, Lynn Roberts University of Utah the pursuit of the of the whole person and um, uh, UCLA you know she she I'm forgetting her name at the moment but she has that whole
0: um Very close
1: yeah uh, she has that whole that um, oh, who am I thinking of someone else then I, I feel like it's her which she has this whole kind of mantra of handle hard better. I'm, it's not just on basketball that I'm going to teach you how to handle hard. I'm gonna, you're going to be out in the world and you're going to have to know how to handle hard better. And um, I think some of the parents and the coaches are lacking that. Um, so if <laughs> you ask Coach Vertado, what do I want people to, li- to, to leave with? I want them to leave with um, the idea that there is um, there's a lot to learn about yourself in putting your child in a sport, and there's a lot to learn about yourself, as a coach. Um, then it's more; it is so much more than the sport itself. It's about raising. Yeah,
0: we're always learning.
1: Yeah, learning and raising these humans um, to be better, better for the world. So, yeah.
0: That's the perfect way. That's a perfect way to end it. You know, always learning, always wanting it, It's so, it's so much bigger than the game, right? We talk about transforming mm. leaders on and off the court. Um, yes. and so that's kind of, you know, exactly encapsulating what bridging impact is all about. Um, you know, that's why we always bring guests on who share similar missions. And I love the work that you're doing around fueling, fueling bodies, especially, you know, for women and, and mm. changing kind of the standards and some of the norms that, that we think about and then all the variabilities that, you know, life kind of, brings and, and it's great. And so where can people, you know, find you and connect with you and, you know, potentially, you know, reach out and learn more about how they can, you know, continue to feel their bodies uh, more optimally.
1: Yeah. I, um, I can be found on really probably the easiest spot is on the Instagram right now. I'm at coach at coach Mindy Lee is my handle. And, um, that's kind of where I've been sending people, um, and people have been mess- messaging me there to, to connect, um,
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, I Mindy. Mean, yeah, I know I you know, kind of got some great perspective points around how I want to coach and approach um, mm-hmm. just fueling the body. So I pre- really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, I love doing keep doing it because we, we need, need the bridge, just like you're saying. So um, and I'd be happy to help anytime if you want to talk more about uh, your own coaching and what that looks like as far as fueling. Um, I'm here for you.
0: Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast. We'd love it if you would like subscribe, leave a comment and a review on whatever platform you're on. It's the best way to help us grow. We appreciate you for doing that. We'll shout you out on social media. I'd also love if you connected with me on social media. Let me know your thoughts and this is why I do it. I wanna share knowledge and wisdom from experienced leaders to people like yourself and myself so we can have this dialogue and move forward, make an impact on the world. So stay tuned, stay subscribed, Cheers.